are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe beyond. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we make deep in your face. <laughs> Have at it. <laughs> Today we're talking about the series finale of the Walking Dead world beyond. That's feels very quick. It's, it's over before you know it. And, uh, you know, I, you're going to have to excuse me before, before we continue, because I'm, I'm feeling a little emotional. I, I watched it be- before we got on and we just talked about some stuff beforehand. So I'm feeling a little bit better now, obviously pre-show ko-fi.com slash walking dad. If you want to watch that, it was funny. We're funny people anyway. <laughs> so I'm your host, David Cambio for now, <laughs> joined by Cosmo Mom 9 <laughs> Rachel Bright and Sharon D, AKA Blazy Gardner. And, uh, I, with your permission, I'd like to say a couple of things. I'm not going to get mushy too much, but I just wanted to say thank you to Matt Negretti and everybody involved in The Walking Dead World Beyond. Uh, the thing that makes me most emotional about this, really, aside from the fact that I, I really happen to like the series, I really from start to finish for different reasons. It starts off in one way, like the world is full of possibilities, the beauty and the darkness that they're finding, kids being kids. And then the second season's kind of like this... You know, everybody has to come to grips with how hard the world is and trying to find your place in the world. And it really is kind of like a coming of age story, but told differently. And but more than anything else, the thing that really makes me most emotional is how they introduced the series from teasing it um, before it came on pre-pandemic uh, and then introducing it as the pandemic is rolling out and being in our homes and keeping us uh, entertained making us feel like, you know, we can be protected. You know, this is the way the world was before Monuments Day. There's a little little interplay there, too. Like, who we were is 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 what we are, right? That whole idea. And I, I'd love to say that we're coming out of it, but it's emblematic of se- the second season, and, and that's, you know, come what may, we have to be who we are, and we have to live in the now, the series of, the strings of now that are, that propel us forward, and maybe this thing doesn't end. Maybe, maybe this is the zombie apocalypse, the boring, boringest zombie apocalypse ever, but the thing that really makes me emotional is that we did it together, and, uh, you know, Sharon, he was contributing in the chat beforehand last year, uh, last year, yeah, it was last year, and now she's here with us, and that's great, and so... Yeah, exactly. The, this thing that I never do, because <laughs> my hands are in my, you know, between my legs, so Wait, I don't how, talk with my hands. <laughs> the kids do it like this, right? Like I, that? I, I, don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> Am I doing it I, right? I just, no, I just like, do this. Like, I, like I don't this? Know. I, and then I, like do, this? I do this, like, like the kids used to do. And then I do that. And then... Oh, there we go. A heart with hands. Yeah, exactly. Hearts of fire. <laughs> Hearts of fire. All right, now we're throwing up gang signs, yeah. guys. We gotta be, we're gonna get canceled. <laughs> Only so that's that's really what it is. That's that's what really gets me between the end scenes and like and thinking of like okay, like I remember Charity getting all giddy about the Tom Sawyer references and the Huck Finn references last year and uh, Madman Across the River Water. <laughs> it's the river. Uh, no, I think it's water. No, it's river. God damn it again. <laughs> The whole idea of the Civic Republic and Civic Republic military emerging from the National Guard rising up against the uh, the military, right? Right. The whole Project Cobalt thing, the Fear the Walking Dead, and so that whole thing. And like just thinking about all these series, and then Middletown, New York comes up again in this ep- in this episode. We'll get to that when we when we cross it. But 
the whole idea of Huck saving all these people and that's the perimeter colony that never, we never find out what that is. We never do, but that's, that's what we're going by. Cause that's squawking dead lore. But all these things come to coming together equal this sauce that is us and the walking in this intimate relationship we have with the show that is now ending. So I'm glad to be here with you guys just as it started. And we're going to close it out just how we started and even better than before, because that's the reality. And so I'm glad to be here with you guys. Thank you for being here. And thank you for the alliance of the three that is us that, <laughs> that is covering this damn show. <laughs> you got Fear the Walking Dead and Sherry. I don't, what am I? Hold on. <laughs> if Rachel's I'm TWD. Texas. I guess I'm the Walking Dead will be, and I'll take it. I'll take it. You're well beyond. Yeah, there I'll you go. It. You're I'll beyond. You're beyond. <laughs> I'm, I'm small but fierce. <laughs> so I got my thank yous out of the way, but thank you, Matt Negretti and, and friends for bringing this around. I, that's that's really what we wanted to say. And- Overall, I want to say I feel like the the finale is setting up for another series or some other kind of spinoff. Right, and, and not just because of the stinger, but the way they set everything up, like, Halfway through the episode, I was like, this is being set up for a spinoff or something. There, Nothing was really settled. And the other thing I, I want to say was, this felt to me like like Rogue One in the Star Wars series, where it's just a vignette of something that happens during the apocalypse. There was no, like, they never actually, nothing, nothing they didn't do anything. They didn't change anything. They, they didn't, they didn't put a dent in the CRM, really. You know, I mean, it was, it was, it just reminded me of Rogue One. You know, a throwaway line becomes a, a whole movie. It is sort of addressed in Elton's speech. It's like, well, you know, there's maybe there is no beginning. Maybe, maybe there is no mm-hmm. end. And that was kind of sweet when you think about it. Like, maybe we make a difference. And he even says, maybe we make a difference. Maybe we don't. And I don't know. Would you say that, that a dent hasn't been made? Or is it really just the changing of the guard? Or is they, are things just like they were before? They didn't hurt the CRM in any physical way. The CRM is still going strong. The CRM is still doing what the CRM was, was doing. The only the thing CRM that they do. did was maybe take away some of the the science and the research. Yeah, they put a dent there, right. but in the in well, the sense you of could say the pretense in in the sense of putting a stop to the CRM or halting what the CRM was doing, they didn't do any of that. Okay, no, that's fair too. Yeah. In in a way, they took away the pretense. Right, the pretense of having the science with which to put forward humanity, and, and in that isn't isn't Kublik right? She thought all the things that she was doing was I needed to be the monster, and she like finally addresses what I had said. I said she knows. We said this about Jadis, but really Kublik is like I knew I had to do monstrous things. I knew in my tenure I needed to do monstrous things in order to bring the humane forward. I'm not the humane, but they are, and so I need to be that. To bring, and I know that someday I'm going to have to answer for my crimes. And the irony is that she doesn't really, <laughs> in a sense, because you know that it would be like Nuremberg, right? It would be sort of like Nuremberg. She would be what I said before. Like, how can you apologize to people that are wiped out? You know, how can you make it up for them? They're not alive to see you suffer for it. So you have to do like a Nuremberg that you have to, you have to be put to death in front of everybody. And yet she is in jail for an entirely separate thing. There's an irony to that. But they know that what they're going to do is going to have to cost them. But it's the belief that they have. Right. So so we took away the pretense, which was the scientists, which is the reason for them doing what they needed to do. So now they're all might and no pretense. So that makes them super dangerous, doesn't it? Like the, the enemy that we've always wanted in these, in these series, like no gray, right? There's no gray to them, essentially. I mean, maybe a little bit like in the people, but you know... Yikes. By the end of it, it didn't feel like they had 
really accomplished m much anyway. So I had to like kind of look at the whole thing and con and figure out what like what was the end here? How did how did this end? Um, and obviously they did blow up um, all the green gas. You know, they released the farts <coughs> finally. <laughs> They've so, done blown up those farts. Breaking break yeah. hearts and so ripping farts. I guess farts. by the end of it. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> <Nice>. right. <laughs> yes. Alex Gooby. So I guess by the by the end of it, it it feels like we can say that they saved Portland. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So for now, I, I mean, I'm I'm at least happy for, ex exactly for now because the series ended, and so we don't really see if the CRM is going to jump over and take them all out manually. I don't know. Anyway, but it it does seem like by the end of it, you know, they at least save Portland wherever that may be. <laughs> well, <laughs> it ultimately didn't feel like an ending to me. By the end of it, it just kind of felt like like maybe a mid season finale. Like we're gonna get more. I mean, come on, how are you gonna leave my boy Silas with the CRM? Like really? <laughs> like I'm most upset about Silas right now. Like how oh, are really? they just gonna leave my boy with the CRM? Okay. Yeah, how are they just gonna leave my boy with the CRM? Like come on. <laughs> <sighs> I, I'm not. I'm not okay I mean, with out that. Of everybody, <laughs> Silas is the one that's alone, which is how he started. Right? He started off mm -hmm. on his own, and he ends up on his own. Which is sad, though, right? Like, and what else? Because I was like, man, we're, man, it's terrible for him to be stuck there. He should. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute, where is he gonna go? His family's mm -hmm. gone. His friends are gone. He's he's stuck. So he has yeah. to go. You know, mm -hmm. he's he has to go along with it. But I, I think it's got to integrate. I now. think there's a part of him that must feel that. I know that whatever happens, everything that I'm doing is keeping my friends safe. And so that's a completely different, uh, it's like you, you've gone through the looking glass and yes, you end up in the same spot. Just like a lot of people in the series end up in the same spot, but he, it's coming from a place of warmth, not a place of loss. Oh, I'm mm -hmm. doing this because I'm trying to keep people I love safe. Whereas before it was like, well, the people I love kind of either turned on me or turned into a zombie and tried to kill me. And then everybody else hates me and thinks I'm a murderer or whatever. So what a turnaround. And now everybody thinks I'm a murderer. And then here we are in the future. Everybody thinks I'm a hero, right? Because he's kind of a hero. He, they, he defeated a traitor. He is literally... But he's actually a murderer now. He's like a rock star in the CR. <laughs> in the CR, you know. It's, it's yeah. really weird, right? If this, yeah, just think about I mean, it. He's in a good spot. I, I think he has security, but I also think he's still, you know, kind of like you said, he's still kind of looking for a way to to help his friends yeah. and help his family. I think if the show had continued on or if we do eventually see more to this, I think we will see him try to, you know, destroy the CRM from inside. Right. Right. Or die trying. <laughs> Or die. Right. Yeah. Don't. No, I know. No, I know. That's why I said it, it that way. But he we have to say it, right? It. <laughs> um, Don't kill my boy. That, that brings me to. Uh, I just and I just want to bring it up briefly. But like the whole Rick movie or the TWD movie, right? I've I've always maintained there is absolutely no way. Like I I believe that they'll bring it to the theaters, maybe. But I don't think it it stops with it. There's no way there's no sequel, trilogy, and in short order, too. Because there's no way anybody's going to wait for a three-part um, series to come out like once every year or something like that. There is no way. I, I, I need to kind of address that. Because now that they left us, like we all have said, with this continuation, like every everything feels like it's... It's left, and I don't feel bad. That's the weird thing. I don't feel bad that it's left us in this place of non-finality, right? 
I'm actually okay. Because just like everything and everybody in this life, you know, you, you come into other people's lives and you, you come out of them sometimes, but you know, life moves on, right? And that's what I liked about how the, where they left us is that, you know, okay, well, life does eventually have to move on. But rather than give us an end where people, everybody dies, or, no, actually everybody continues and life kind of just moves that way. Well, almost everybody. But it does. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll talk about <laughs> that in a minute, but... But I like that it leaves us in a spot where it brings us to the movies, obviously, in our minds. And are they going to wrap this whole thing up in, in a single movie? And, and maybe that's where the, the cutscene comes in, or the, sorry, the post-credit scene. Post-credit. Maybe. But I, I don't really want to talk about that scene so much in this episode. I feel like it deserves its own small live stream, because it, it's somewhat connected, but it really isn't connected to the series so much. It feels like they... Sh- they, they they just they double stomp kicked it into this episode because it's somewhat ancillarily related to this episode, but really not. When they originally started talking about it, they said it would be a trilogy. Like, what was it, two, three years ago when they first brought up the idea of the Walking Dead movies? They were saying there would be three of them. They kind of stopped talking about it like that. And then it was like, oh, no, the Rick movie's coming, the Rick movie. From the but, beginning, they were kind of sort of wishy-washy about it, too. Like, oh, it's a it's, it's well, the only thing we knew for certain and who knows if that's because of COVID, who knows if that's going to be true, is that it was going to come to theaters. I mean, literally, Universal is involved. I don't know if they're still involved. I don't know if contingency... I don't know what the contracts... I don't know entertainment law. I don't know how that shit works. Because we haven't heard any news in particular about this movie since it was announced, or the teaser was announced at SDCC. But a real film group was involved, so it ha- it might have to come to theaters. COVID probably knocked everybody for a loop, and I think that might change up a lot of things. They may do like a multi-release like they've been doing, release it in theaters and on a streaming service. Oh, yeah. Um, also, um, you know, it, it could be a trilogy, but then it could just do like Star Wars, and they'll have a trilogy, and then they'll have another trilogy, and then they'll have a prequel oh. trilogy, and then they'll have a sequel trilogy. You know, I mean, it, I, I feel like that's what they're aiming for, <laughs> prequel, is the yeah. Star yeah. Wars style. Or maybe like the MCU, where they bring on separate little TV shows, separate little small TV shows. But I, I, I think where the Rick movies are concerned, I, I think it's going to be a movie, but I, I think they'll probably end up splitting it theater and streaming like most things are doing now that, that makes sense to me actually but then you brought up uh the sequels and then the pre the sets of prequel the trilogy prequels the tri- trilogy post post quills um sequels whatever because that made me Post-quels. think yeah i don't know whatever so <laughs> i know english good um post quills <laughs> no but i was thinking like that is kind of funny because we do still see that date, which does not make sense and is not never explained of, was it 2001 or two, uh, that, that date on Project Votus of the case study and like, okay, okay, so what does that mean? So it, it's, lo- it's lovely that they'll bring in this, it's kind of like the PPP thing. Will they ever make this something more than it actually is? Because yeah, we saw mm-hmm. that, the PPP, the, is Heath coming back? I almost wonder, I almost wonder if that PPP was like a- um, number like a first version, well, like a first version of the CRM logo. <laughs> Maybe, that's, that's crazy like the, to me. The three circles and the P were the circles and it had the little legs sticking out. You know, and that's funny because, Something. yeah, like, ugh. But they ended up not using it. They went they went with the three interlocking circles mm. and so the PPP never, Materialized, never showed up again. Right. So, and, and then, it, yeah. because then we do actually see the logo on that can of peaches that Jadis is eating after her people die in season eight. Eight, yeah, eight. 
when Simon comes in and fucks their shit yeah. up. Uh, and she makes uh, heapster meatballs. <laughs> yeah. You see the, you actually do see the logo yeah. at the top of the can. Um, so no, maybe you're right. Uh, maybe that was it all along. And, but you know, you'd think that after all this time, and this is what bothers me. You'd think that after all this time, Gimple would have said something about it. Or maybe we're not smart enough to ask him or uh, what is that? So <laughs> About the PPPs? Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people have asked. Well, is it related to the like CRM? online and stuff. I thought we solved well, that I, already. I, <laughs> most Portland, of Portland, seen, Portland. Like, what, is, what is it? Yeah, Portland, Portland, Portland. Uh, I like that. I like that, Gary. Oh, you think they're the only one that has an alliance of the three? Um, think again. Padre, Padre, Peaches. In Portland. In Portland. <laughs> Texas. And there oh, you go, no. in platypus. Oh, no. <laughs> po- potable. Uh, I don't like That's that at what all. That's what the PPP is. Potable I don't like that at all. Yes. Popcorn socks. <laughs> I don't like I still don't like it. I still don't like it because it's like, fuck you, I need to know already. Or I just, I'm just going to disregard it because it's just, I can't have it in my brain anymore. It's not even worth it. It's taking up space. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just like, you know, you can obsess over it. You can delete that file, I think. Yeah, exactly. Or I can archive it. Let's yeah. archive it, put it in cold storage. Yeah. It's like Heath too. I can't. Go. I can't waste mental energy on Heath. I can't. I don't care where he is. I, I, their theories aren't strong enough, and it's been too long that they can do anything that they want to it to to Heath or where he is, if he is anywhere, whatever. So Maybe Madison is going to be the prototype for Heath. Oh, of what? But you that just said what you just like. said about Madison is the same thing. She's been gone so long; they could do anything. Right, mm-hmm. but you know that's funny thing is now that it's on the table and it's tangible and it's real and she says something like Corey Hawkins hasn't said a thing since he's left the show, but now now uh, Kim Dickens has. She's talking dead. She's like, oh, How they approached me. How many people are out there hashtagging bring back Heath? <laughs> does does they, he have his own little subset? They were for a while, <laughs> and then we we're like, fuck, it's been years. I guess nothing's happening. <laughs> Corey Hawkins, I think, left social media in that time, too, uh, for a little while. Oh, my God. Not because of that, but be- just as a matter oh. of course, I think. In general. Yeah, okay. and then, like, I think rec- only Aww. in the last year or two, I think he came back. Nothing to do with The Walking Dead. I just, or maybe it was. I have no idea, but it didn't seem that obvious. So I'm sure he gets asked a lot, too. <laughs> like, think about it. What's the first thing you guys want to talk about? You want to talk about Huck? that make you happy? Uh, <laughs> I do so much well, for you guys. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> We could just get that out of the way, or we could focus on how fucking badass Felix is. Yeah. Oh, his Darth Maul that moment. That scene was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Fucking Frank Newton was trying to goad him into what we actually kind of all thought he was ish, like this emotional, like lead by emotion kind of person. Not at first. Because last year we were like, a badass Felix. I have no emotions. But then you start seeing it as the more he goes out in the wild. Like He's a very emotional guy. He just, he hides it well. I mean, he buries it down. Well, and as long as he was behind walls, he didn't have to confront it. You know, mm-hmm. he, he was the security. He was mm-hmm. all buttoned up. He was all stoic and shit. So what do you think about that scene? Like, what was it about this? Okay, I'm sure it's obvious. But what, what was it about it that was so great? 
Oh my gosh. I mean the action. That's that's 90% of why it's so fucking awesome. I mean just the moves and the attitude. I mean this cocky guy coming and like mur, 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 talking to Felix, saying all these mean things to Felix and he's like, "What are you going to do? You going to what it I, I don't remember how it goes." And then Felix like, opens the door and he's like, "Ha!" And then the walkers come out. And, oh my gosh. It, every moment was just like, "Yes! Yes! Yes!" Oh my gosh. And then he sticks him and he does the does the, 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 the oh kickstick. <laughs> like, yes, and he clicks clicks the things together, and I'm like, okay. oh All right. shit! So let, let me comment on that for a second because it does bring us back to the beginning of that scene. Because okay, you, he first you stick him, and then you kick him. <laughs> like it's like you, you stomp first. You, first you stick him, and then you stomp him, <laughs> and then all the guts come yes. out. But yes. I have to say, the scene first of all, the the tension between Newton, Frank Newton, Lieutenant Newton, and Felix Carlucci was two did two things. One, it was like, okay, this is bound to happen, but this is also like there's like a metaphorical thing going on here too. This is Felix like really coming to grips with everything that he was in Campus Colony and, you know, everything he was when he was a kid, pre-apocalypse, Campus Colony, and then now. Like, who are you now that there's no home to come back to? You have you're taking care of your siblings, you know? And then, you know, and now you have to confront all of these things, these things at once in the form of this fucking, you know, Sith soldier, whatever. But then there's a whole other side of this thing. And it bring, brought me back to that episode where he was going to Will. He was like, tell me the name of that soldier who hurt you. And then I'll Felix him, right? So, <laughs> I'll Felix wait, him. It, but it gets worse because when Frank <laughs> Newton says, hey, you're worse than dead because you're helping them win. And then mm. <laughs> Robert Palmer Watkins, the actor who plays Newton, I could swear, and I said this in the reaction video, like, I, he, he's, he's got a hard on. He's got a hard on. <laughs> and he says, you've got yours, I've got mine. And I'm like, what is about to happen right now? This is so homoerotic. <laughs> and then, like, true to form, Felix goes, no, nah, I don't think so. And then eventually comes and puts his two sticks together, his two S-poles, end to end, <laughs> like a double-headed whatever, and then starts fighting him. <laughs> And then the sticking and oh kicking has a whole other meeting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you gotta stick it this before is not you the kick kind it. Of sword fight! I thought we were gonna have. <laughs> Guys, I saw it and I got to say it. So. Um, oh my god! But I, I'm I'm I feel bad saying this because I'm gonna say look at this look at the line right before he says you've got yours and I've got mine. Now stare at. Robert Palmer Watkins crotch and I'm like there's something going on in those pants right there <laughs> maybe they're just very form fitting no. <laughs> see Sharon uh -oh. you know she just it's all that silently acknowledged it's, it's all that corduroy it's all that corduroy rubbing that rubbing on the inside that, he had it yeah he had it inside the decorated out, scuba so uniform <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> Yeah, that's no cucumber. All right, see, now I got to go back and rewatch. He's wearing a cod piece. When you see it, you'll Maybe. shit. There you go. You'll yeah. shit yourself because you're like, oh, my God, he's so right. Oh, God. Uh, there it is. Boner. It, it is. It is something else. I'm just telling you right now. He's, he's a, got his own S pole. <laughs> I hope it's not shaped as an S, but it might be. Sorry. That's it. That's his, that's his It's like Gonzo pole. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> G pole. 
Gonzo Waka bowl. Waka. Oh, you do not want to know what fuzzy. you do not want to see what just popped into my brain. <laughs> was it a penis? <laughs> no, it was Gonzo's blue nose and furry Newton's crotch. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be on a T-shirt, right? Just put Gonzo right on his crotch. <laughs> that's, that's it. This is Gonzo's. Just the nose. Just the, just the tip. <laughs> just the nose. Oh, I got it. Just the nose. We're doing it. Just the curve. Just the just the just the tips <laughs> and i'll be and Subtext. i'll be totally honest with it being with it being the last episode i was a little bit nervous for felix mm-hmm. i mean in a last episode you don't know what's going to happen and so i really was kind of like <gasps> scared for i him. should remind everyone that we've made <laughs> we've made predictions on more than one occasion in season one that oh felix carlucci's d-e-a-d uh but no apparently not apparently just like just like um, Althea, he gets a happily ever after with Will. It's kind of interesting. Uh, and to touch on that really briefly, did you, you notice the tattoo rings, right? They, that show that they're yes. married? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But n- not yes. some sort of vague photo between Dennis and <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> Very clear. Very clear. Understood. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I'm disappointed in the, oh, this is going to sound terrible, but I'm kind of disappointed please in the lack do. of death. Right, this is a finale. I was expecting a lot more death. And, uh, and, and I can't say there's anybody I wanted to die, but the fact is, more of them should have in a finale. Are you sure about that? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You, but you knew they weren't going to kill Iris, <laughs> so uh, maybe that would have been a, I mean, an acceptable. Loss. They killed Huck, and they killed Huck and Dennis, who's been in what four episodes the entire show. So Dennis, well, yeah, th- that was and die and dying for three of them. Yeah, yeah, it yeah was, wow. It was, yeah. It was very disappointing in a very twisted kind of way. Like, oh, my God, I'm all excited for this. I'm all excited for this. And it's like, <laughs> this is one of those things that, you know, how I always say, you knew that they were going to like, yeah, of course I did. I kind of knew that they were never going to make it to the CR. I just felt it in my bones. Like, that's not going to happen. It's too easy, too clean. They're never making it. We're, n- we're never going to see it. We did sort of see it. That's what I thought. But, um, but yeah, so that, of course. But what I liked about them dying, and this sounds, this also sounds very weird to say. What I liked about them dying is that one had things to pay for, you know? She had, had consequences to face up to. Like Huck, she did things, you know? If it wasn't Tony Delmato, like the individual, it was the group, you know, what Omaha, she felt all of those things. And I'm sure, I'm sure that when it came down to it and she heard what she heard from Jadis, and which is another thing that bothered me a little bit actually. How did Huck not put together? Uh, look at me picking bones. How did not Huck put together that the intel she gave them about Omaha led to what? How precise that attack yeah. would be? I'm, yeah, so I'm she, pretty she, sure she, she seemed knew genuinely that. shocked. I, I thought so I think too. She but she knew it, it. She just didn't want to think about it. Like with all the other stuff going on in her head, that was something she could push out of her mind and not not think about. But I, I mean, of course, she, I think she knew. She knew. She just didn't want to accept it. So okay, let me offer an alternative. Uh, thought then is it possible that kind of just like Felix leading Newton on is it possible that Jennifer Malik leads Jadis on into oh no I was responsible for Omaha and just to extend the fight scene because I I had felt that the fight scene was fairly manufactured meaning she dragged it out as much as humanly possible they're locking kill sticks and you know Huck Mm -hmm. could have done something at that point, but I think she really just wanted to tangle her up. Let me ask you a better question. (laughs) Of the two, who do you think is the better fighter? Really, though? If one trained the other, right? Okay. So why? Huck is definitely the better fighter. And why doesn't she win? 
Because, I mean, like that answers the question. Because I was like, why did she give Jadis her fucking stick back? She, I brought that in my notes. If her was yeah. to take Jadis out, why did she... I was so... I was like, what are you... Rachel, remember when I screamed, what are you doing in my spoiler-free review? That's what I was talking about. <laughs> did you use emojis <laughs> on Twitter? Doing, what are you doing? <laughs> no, kidding. What are you yeah. doing, Huck? Yeah. My even bigger question, though, is... Okay, so, well, yeah, now you I'm know. on board with Just everything. So you know. <laughs> this was... this. Yeah, yeah, that that's what it that's what it was. I am I'm fully on board. Yes, I think Huck was trying to draw this fight out. She was trying to keep Jadis there as long as she could because in in my mind, she's trying to get Jadis to stay there long enough to to die in the explosion. She's trying to kill Jadis. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. So why does she give her enough time to escape? <laughs> the whole point was to keep Jadis there long enough to kill her and then she still gets away. I think because <laughs> Huck embraces a greater good, a real greater good, which is it doesn't matter what happens to me as long as I bide enough time for them not to know that I've rigged these things to blow, you know, via wires, you know, because one of the things that they let go in this episode that isn't easily catchable in this episode is that because they jam the signals, not only does it disrupt communications between the CRM and amongst themselves, the kids amongst themselves, the kids amongst the CRM, et cetera, et cetera, but it's all, it also blocks remote detonations. So they can't detonate the mm -hmm. thing remotely. So they have to hardwire it to some sort of timer, right? One of the timer being the watch, right? So she needs to distract Huck long enough, sorry, Jadis long enough to pull this thing off. Now it doesn't mean that she'll end up killing her, but just long enough to actually just exploded the thing. But but like yeah, why not kill Jadis? It was already done. Yeah. It was it was already done. By the well, time she, they were fighting, she had already set the timer. Right, but she might I mean, Jadis stabbed her. It's not like she could keep going. Like she kinda I mean, maybe she was trying to keep Jadis there yeah. long enough to blow her up, but then she got stabbed and like, okay, I'm dying now, you know? Like, ah oh, fuck. So she had to she had to get her her, her lines yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Like, so that's that's face, exactly get, what I was saying. Those cool ass yeah, lines in. Right. <laughs> but then the next thing to say obviously is, okay, but for all Huck knew, she was going to get her anyway. But, you know, Jadis narrowly escapes, as Jadis does, too, which is another reason why she probably gets away. Maybe she was intending to, to get Jadis in the process and wanted to say something fucking cool before she does. But Jadis still gets yeah. away, which is I'm fine with, actually. That's the thing. That one of the bigger takeaways that I came away after some time and distance was, because we've waited a, a week and a half or something like that till we recorded, was... Obviously, the uneasiness of Jadis being such an asshole, but like also like almost Negan level, right? Like she's where we were at when Negan, when we knew Negan survives and, and all that stuff. Like she's like Negan, oh, that fucker. Oh, we got him. But like, oh, I hope he doesn't go away. That's where I'm at with Jadis right now, right? Because <laughs> I'm like, fucker. But then also, I kind of, I don't want her to go away just yet. I don't want her to be defeated because this is too interesting right now. Like, first, let's before I continue, do you guys feel somewhat the same in even the Negan comparison? I I love to see her like I love to see Negan. Is that what yeah. you mean? Even like, initially, because they're bad. They're they're interesting bad characters, yeah. right? Yeah. N yeah. Negan maybe not now, right? But like back then, like mm, I still got my eye on. Oh him. yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah. You still do, but like not as like conflicted about it before like before you were like it's a fucking guy but like i yeah. hope he doesn't go away i mean back in season seven i wanted him yeah, dead yeah so we've come a yeah. long way okay so that that makes my point a little bit clearer <laughs> right like i want jadis yeah. dead i do by the end of this but also i'm like maybe not <laughs> she's kind of interesting she's on the screen. <laughs> that's exactly how i felt about negan before he we they carted him away with the throat slit i didn't want jadis to die she's 
part of the reason she was the like main reason I was digging the show so much in the second half. <laughs> I didn't want her or Huck to die because they were my favorite dynamic. Like I loved watching them together. But I said from the beginning Huck was gonna die, especially from the beginning of the season. Like she's the position she's in. There's no way she's gonna make it out of this. There's just no way. Right. So she's um, been stuck in the middle. I mean, I'm glad Jadis made it out. I hope we see her in something else. Like it was just weird because I was not excited about her at all when they first showed that she was coming back to the show i was like you know it's funny because i did not like jadis most people were i love this jadis yeah but most people i think were were not excited about jadis come i saw the comments of of them teasing her and i was just like Mm -hmm. first of all obviously the don't care where's rick's right but then there was like Mm -hmm. there was also like oh god this this um i don't know whatever you want to call it of a character <laughs> like i can't think mm. of a, a, a terrible word to say like a version of a well no like th- this yeah. this blank insert insult here of a character turd of a character right mm. <laughs> you know do you know what i mean oh, like, okay okay and then like thinking <laughs> of all the people they could bring back this is the one they bring essentially yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But then you, but then you see what she does, and it's like, okay, yeah, I, I, you're mm-hmm. perfect. This is why they brought you back. Mm-hmm. The, no one else could do this, but Jadis. Right. This isn't Meek yeah. uh, Anne here. Yeah. This is Jadis Warrant Officer oh. Jadis Stokes. Uh, Holy crap! Talk about somebody being sixteen different somebodies. Jadis mm-hmm. is uh, on that list too. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you know, on that note, it, it goes way. Be- I think Jadis knows who she is. She's not sixteen different somebodies. She has always been the one somebody. She just embraced it. Kind of like somebody we know on Fear of the Walking Dead. A Victor Strand. Yeah, exactly. She went in. She went beyond yeah. who she once was. She steered into the skin. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm, yeah. Do it. Quite a steer, too. Like Strand. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, yep. Let's talk about that a little bit more, though, because this is kind of repeated throughout this episode. What it means to be Jadis, almost. Like this uber uber version of survival it's brought up when she is conversing with kublik it's brought up when she's conversing with huck obviously mother daughter but the two 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 different versions of two different angles or dimensions of who jadis is as a person comes up and so i walk away and maybe you can add some more to this idea i walk away with the idea that oh this is who she always was and it almost doesn't matter that she believes in the crm which what she believes in and this may be me, but maybe you can add something to it. They happen to be the, the flavor of the week that allows her to survive, in a sense. Like, she's the horse that she's betting hmm. on. Kind of like Rick. She's, it's the horse that she's betting on. Kind of sounds like um, Luciana a little bit. Oh. Like she's just going to... She's gonna team up with you know whoever can help her survive. <laughs> That's interesting. Can you go further on that, <laughs> Luciana from Fear the Walking Dead? For those who don't watch it, what is wrong with you if you're not okay? Right? Where are we going? No, yeah, talk. We have to. Do, I mean, nothing. we have to go with Riley. No, wait, we have to go with <laughs> Daniel. Yeah. Okay. Well, now we have to listen to Thank Daniel. You. We have no choice. Is, for yes. those who don't know, she, they're talking about <laughs> the end of season six when Luciana was basically going with the person who thought they knew something in the moment. Who spoke right. up. <laughs> she went with whoever spoke up. <laughs> Here I am thinking I she's going to say something profound. She was with Riley till they shot him in the head. And then she's like, okay, we go with Daniel. Next best option. <laughs> On delay. <laughs> yeah. No, I love Lucy. Just just saying nice, that out nice. loud. I do love Kay Lucy. She needs more screen time. Putting it out yeah, there. Yeah. Put that in the ether. Yeah. This yeah. is, you know, with disclaimer. <laughs> this is, I don't hate yes. her at all. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Not oh, at all. Man. Not at all. Uh, her time's coming. Second half of season seven. <laughs> Come on, Lucy. <laughs> Hope so. Snake eyes. No, I mean, it is kind of like that. But 
it's more than just that. It's, I feel like I, I have a newfound respect for Jadis as a person now. I mean, look at how they she left the show, for, well, how she left The Walking Dead. I felt like she was more of who she maybe once was with Gabriel, let's say. And then she's left distraught, having been let down by Gabriel, not knowing the kind of person she is. Stumbles upon an injured Rick and she says, well, now I have to go in, right? And then you see how far she goes in. But she's made it an art form. Like, she's embraced who she was so much to the point where it's it's a, it's like a religion. It's like, or like a way of life, like a martial art, like a Taoism or or Buddhism. It's that's it's the Buddhism according to Jadis. It's... You, you see her make all these moves. You see her talking to Kublik, who is a crazy awesome tactician and very, very measured and, and kind of knows the steps before you know the steps kind of person. You know, she has a contingency for everything. That kind of, you know, I mean, when you hear her make that speech at this, in the, in the post credit scene to the Tiger and the Lamb, is it the post credit scene? Tiger of the Lamb, like she's explained to Barca what they have and the last light of the world. Mm. You get the impression you're not dealing with a lightweight. She is a juggernaut. She was a liaison for the British military or something like that, or I don't know what it was, but either way, she's no dummy. And so, but then when you see these two people facing, intellectually facing off at the end, like, you know, oh, I got this move, but now I got this move. Oh, there it is. And we're like, well, I still got you. <laughs> Jadis is like just showing up on, on Kublik and like, who's going to, who's going to be the one to back down? And it's Jadis that is not going to be the one to, to back down. Right. Well, we had talked about before about the CRM being its own religion, not not even just from Jadis's perspective, but them as a whole, like worship us. We are the last light of the world. You know, I think Jadis probably likes the idea of that. I Do we know what she did pre-apocalypse? No, but so. we did see scenes of her uh, coming to the junkyard. Like, do you remember seeing her room, the, her little container room uh, beforehand? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you get senses of maybe who she once was or but you don't really it's never spelled out of yeah know. it 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 would be interesting to find out who what what type of person she was pre-apocalypse because I, what i see is a very driven person like her main focus is to get promotions she wants to be promoted and move up the 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 ladder i mean i wouldn't be surprised if she worked in something corporate pre-apocalypse it seems like she just has this drive to excel and crm's allowing her to do that i mean when she was at the junkyard she she was at the top right she was the leader this is this i've hit the ceiling of what i can do in the crm she can continue to move up in ranks and continue to get promoted so i maybe her survival technique is to just be the best at whatever it is she's doing and right now it's being a crm soldier or warrant officer. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, you you had said something. See, I don't I don't happen to agree with that. I feel like because because The Walking Dead, right? It who you were is usually not who you end up being after the apocalypse. No, but but it but but if it's a part of your personality to to want to achieve things and to if you are a driven person, you're gonna carry that with your in your career and throughout your life. I, that's what I see in her. I feel like part of what we're seeing now is, is this adaptation. Picture this. This is, this is what I see in my head. And maybe you follow me in this journey. It's in the mind. I see someone who's been screwed over. I see someone who did all the right things and it didn't come to her. Like the rewards never came. Or This is the same feeling I get sometimes about the idea of karma. Oh, you, you put in, you, get, you take out what you, you get what you put in, right? Uh, I see a Jadis who learned that that's not how the world works. So in the apocalypse, she made things up. She created this community. She said, it's not going to happen unless I make it happen. 
And then she learns even more when even those moves didn't work, which she kind of explains in a couple episodes back when she's talking to Jennifer Malik, right before the power failure and finding the vials and all that stuff. She kind of says, you know, I had to, I made this the whole thing up, but I had to kind of use the cards that I was dealt to go even beyond what it once was, you know, this community I created. So she had learned that in order to be this, this ultimate survivor, I need to adapt. I need to be like those corporate motherfuckers who were able to, to get the promotions. You know, they, did, they, never, they didn't stop at anything. They screwed over friends to get those promotions. Promo- this, this is the Jadis that I see learned from, from what she couldn't do pre-apocalypse. Sorry, I'm building this weird narrative out of nothing. I, I'm admitting this right now. And like, well, it kind of sounds like you're you're agreeing with me, but then just adding on to it, like, sort yeah, of. she maybe she did work in corporate, and maybe she continually got promoted over. Yes, and now she's pissed. Yes, about exactly. It. See, the only yeah. difference is like she was screwed before, but now she's like, oh, I'm I'm gonna yeah. learn from those people how to be in this world, right? That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. So, sorry, I get it. So our ideas sort of yes, mesh yes, with each exactly. other. I but like. I, like I was it. thinking the same <laughs> thing as you, though. I was thinking corporate office, like, or or. Mm-hmm. In some room, even if it's not corporate, corporate, like, oh, a mail room in some sort of small operation. Some mom place pop. where, yeah, some place, some place where there's an environment where Have you a manager. continually move up a ladder. <laughs> yeah. Where, well, yeah, where you can move up, you know, and she and she would continually be passed over right. for that. Yeah. Right. But the, but there's there's some weird wisdom to that, too. Of course, how badly do you want it, really? And are you prepared to do what it takes to get it? Which is kind of what, and now we have to talk about Silas. I almost, this is why I say I don't think she is a true believer. I think she is a true believer in the moment. But what she says to Silas is, oh, what? You don't have to hide your feelings to me. We can be frank with each other. I know that you're lying to me. And that's okay. <laughs> because I, I, you're just like me. You believe this shit for as long as it helps you to survive. You believe this, this bullshit, essentially. I'm not saying that the, the words that she yeah. uses so perfect because it's, exactly what the walking dead loves to do to us it still keeps us on the line of like oh what does she believe this shit (laughs) or does she believe this shit now she's backing the horse that she thinks is gonna win so she's she's wholeheartedly betting on the horse that she thinks is gonna win yep jadis Mm -hmm. is as much crm as eugene was negan (laughs) that's fair uh yeah that's fair there is a question about whether eugene was ever fully ever negan like meaning whether he intended to be there just to show rick you know like oh i saved all you guys fuck you (laughs) but i yeah or maybe who who we thought eugene was was as much negan right like oh he really is negan i'm negan as long as negan survives (laughs) that's jadis well yeah he was he was negan as long as negan kept him alive yeah essentially (laughs) Then he's knee gone. <laughs> then he's knee out of here. <laughs> Make like a tree and get the hell out of here. Yeah, Silas. It is kind of nice to see him survive and thrive in some other weird fashion and be loved and revered, even though he doesn't want to be revered now, probably. Who knows? Clompers. That's his nickname. That's his agent name. Agent Clompers. <laughs> agent Clompers. That's hard to say. Agent Clompers? Agent Agent Clompers and Agent Dennis. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Agent Dennis. (laughs) Oh, my God. I will say I caught two times where I I caught his accent. And I I, you'll see it in the reaction video. (laughs) But I I actually wrote it down so that you can play it over and over again so you can hear what I heard. Those kids are swimming upstream. He says stream really weird. Uh, Those kids are swimming upstream. Stream. It's something like that. It's like that. Stream. Stream. Okay. Okay. And then went in his 
kind of his parting <laughs> words with Silas and you can catch it every now and again. Like it's it's so much more faint. But in that conversation with Huck, he says, those, those kids are swimming upstream. I love it. Is he Austrian? He's Austrian, yeah. You could tell now. Oh, okay. I don't think I knew that. I thought I made it very clear. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, w- you had mentioned an accent. Yeah, you had mentioned an, an accent, but I wasn't sure which, which accent because I couldn't hear what you were he's hearing. He's a newfound so. Austrian god. <laughs> well, his, okay, the abs make exactly, sense. Exactly, his abs would heal him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, 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 heal me. Oops, didn't work. Yes. Didn't work. Didn't work. Oh, damn. Agent Dennis for the loose. <laughs> so. Yeah, why didn't he just flex and pop that bullet out? Yeah, or like he could just wait till the CRM were in front of him and just take a few of them out. <laughs> <laughs> Flex in the arms fall. Flex in his arms fall off. Take his shirt. <laughs> right. Well, listen, we all have our, our sacrifices, right? <laughs> Speaking of arms. Oh boy. Did you did did you not feel that that was coming? Like in a way, like did you think Agent Dennis was gonna survive this episode? From the beginning. No. Let's say just, right? It felt Okay. I'm I'm glad that Silas killed Dennis instead of him dying from this bullshit gunshot wound. <laughs> the, the Rick, I, the Rick gla- gunshot wound? I'm glad they did it. The, yeah, I mean, like, seriously, like, five people have been shot in that same spot and survived, but somehow Dennis is good. So I'm glad he went that way and not from the gunshot right, wound. Right, right. Well, I, I'm, I'm not glad <laughs> that he went at all. But if he, it, but well, if he yeah, had to that, go... I mean, that, that goes without We saying. go full circle, though. It, it is such a cool thing that they were able to do this, like... We kind of saw that Dennis was somewhat of a weird pseudo father figure for Silas. And then Silas's origin story being where he has to kill his turned father, his abusive ish per sort of father. Ish? I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't think there's but, an ish about it. But it was it. more the <laughs> parallel of his lack of sobriety. Like the world. Oh, okay. His, yeah. his inability yeah. to, to adapt to this world brought him to drinking where you know you saw the sweet moments he had with his father this is why i say ish because that episode was complicated in terms of feelings like you want to hate that Mm -hmm. person but then you sort of understand that person you sort of see what might have led to him being this kind of person the world as it is today oh no hell no hell no you lay hands on your kids you're you're lower than no no of course okay yes yes (laughs) but like at the same time for I, I can understand from the perspective of somebody who has been abused, let's say, how they can understand and see the dimensions of how complicated it can be because it is your father, right? You know, that's that's sure. what it is. I mean, it's complicated, and, yes. and we're seeing it through his eyes, so we're feeling it in a weird way through his eyes when you see that sweet moment between he and his dad. So going to Agent Dennis, it's similar. It parallels really, really well. Uh, you see these touching moments, the... the the uh, concerted effort to stay sober, right? We, which we mentioned. Uh, and then him saying, you have to basically do what you've had to do with your turned father way back when. He's not saying this, I'm saying this. but And then having to do it, but out of love. And, and you know, it's funny, when he does take down his Walker dad, he's really pissed at him. You basically made me do this. It could have been, you know, it didn't have to be this way, but he's like angrily, you know, crushing his Walker dad's skull. And here he's sobbing, not wanting to do this, but he's doing this because he, I felt like, say you love him. Say you love him, Silas, say it. But he didn't have to say it. And I I, I like the parallel. It's such a good parallel to have for him. 
They really drew his character out really, really well. Both times it was to save himself just in different contexts. Yeah. Except he wasn't, yeah, I guess it, I guess the first time he wasn't encouraged to save himself, <laughs> but you know, prompted to, right? And saving his mom more than anything else, and yet, and yet his mom rejects him. And then here he finds acceptance in doing so. Out of all the characters on the show, I will even say Huck to a certain level, these two characters were so well drawn out, narrative-wise, how, you know, they kind of yin-yang themselves. Like, they, they end up in the same place, but with just the opposite results. And yet, is that where they want to be? Both times? No, not really. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be uh, called names under breaths, muttered to, right? But I also don't want to be re revered, and now I don't want to be praised in muttered breaths. You know, it's, it's weird... It's really good. It's really, really good. I, I really enjoyed it now that I'm talking about it more. So we're, we probably aren't, we'll probably never find out, but are you a little worried that Jadis is not buying this story? Um, she kind of makes that clear. And when she's talking to him, she's like, you don't have to keep up that story with me or something like that. So I think she says he wanted you yeah. to kill him to save yourself. And she points it out. So I don't think mm -hmm. she Oh, she knows. Yeah, yeah, she knows the truth. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. She's not buying this no. story. So are you wor are you worried about Silas being being there? Or do you think she she can say, okay, I, I know what you're telling me isn't the truth, but I still see potential in you. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. still going to take a chance on you, even though I know you're lying to my face right yeah, now. Yeah, and if I take you under my wing now, maybe I can mold you in the way that I want you to be. He is very, that, that's he's a young. good point too. Yeah. He is still very young. Yeah, I'm going to make you feel accepted and I'm going to make him. you feel, you know, wanted and, you know, you'll fall into line and do what I want you to do. I think it's yeah. worse than that, honestly. I'm, I'm coming to realize that now. I mean, I, I, I already think her saying this to him means that it's never, it wasn't really about the CRM. It's this uber adaptation. I'm, I'm going to show you how I see you in me. I see myself in you. And so knowing that and knowing how rare it is when you find somebody that is like you, I'm going to, you don't have to bullshit about the CRM. It's not about that. We're going to survive together. But then I thought when you were, because you asked, asked the question in that way, who on earth wants to go through this life alone? Jadis is finding a yeah. friend. That's really what it comes down to. We oh, can, wow. You we think can so? get complicated about this and say, oh, it's about the being the molding him into just like her. It's like, well, it's not. It could, maybe, sure. But who on earth? Because Jadis knows what it takes to survive, right? She wants a new Jennifer. She, that. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking, but it, it goes beyond. Like Jennifer was never going to understand her. You know, not really. But what she sees in Silas is something that's, oh, this guy's like me. I don't have to be alone. You know, I don't have. But doesn't she know that he was part of like our group trying to bring everybody down? I mean, she's got to know. She doesn't believe the story. So she's got to know that she he was on the same side Huck was. So why would she trust him now if not to remold him into what she wants i never felt like silas was really 100 percent on board with what they were doing what the kids were doing oh especially this right. season right right i, I mm. well i mean he was i think he was kind of all in in the first season but i think in this season because like when when uh when they were recruiting him to go to fuck. The, the fuck the dump station or the hell it was um the cup yeah. oh, right. i mean i like oh, I, don't, the, he did not, I don't think he wanted to do it. yeah the tritus <laughs> tournament um he didn't he did not want to do that. Like, I, I remember I raised hell about Iris guilting him into it because he did not want to do it. Right. And I don't feel like he was 100% behind what they were doing. He was just doing it because they were his friends. And maybe Jadis realizes that, too. He's easily 
Not easily, but he wasn't really into what they were doing. So Iris batted her eyelashes. Well, here's another, here's another example of stupid picture. how well Silas was drawn out, though. Because <laughs> what was the reason that he went with these guys to begin with? Really? Because he liked Iris. He had a crush on Iris. Sort of. But what's the bigger reason? He wanted, he to, wanted to get away from Campus Colony. Right. Because he didn't belong. Just like who? Just like Jadis. Jadis never felt like she belonged. She was having issues before she left TWD. Fuck, guys. This is really good. Yeah. And so it kind of parallels very well to what being uneasy about going to the Detritus and going along with this plan. All along, he's, that's not to say that he doesn't like these people and he doesn't find kinship in them and all that. But let's put that aside. He walks into this world this way. He walks out of this world this way in the same manner of like, okay, I'm just along for the ride because this, 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 this society kind of shunned me. Cool. It's really cool. I mean, seriously. So, but like, this is why I say Jadis knowing what she needs to be, who, the kind of person she needs to be is very isolating. It's the most isolating. It's like, I'm doing for me because that is what one needs to do in her religion to survive. I need to go next level. And that means no, like Victor, love makes you weak, no attachments. But then when she sees someone like herself, isn't it, isn't it interesting how when somebody sees someone like themselves, it makes them forget. And I'm not saying she's weak. I'm not, I think she's smart. When you see somebody that is like yourself and you can finally say to yourself, oh, maybe I don't have to do this alone. Wouldn't you, at even being stupid at some cost to yourself, because it is a cost, she is saying out loud to Felix, uh, to Felix, to Silas. They have all <laughs> these weird names, guys, come on. She's saying out loud to Silas. Silas is not a weird name. <laughs> How do you spell your name? A-E-L? Ugh, weird. Anyway, so... Shut up. <laughs> Clompers. Uh, I've so got nothing to say about weird names. Sorry. <laughs> right? right? Share Randy. Um, it, I mean, if anything, vanilla. Just give me shivers. David. No, it's, it's David. Not, yeah, well, if I spelled <laughs> it like that. At least you David. can find your name on stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I get personalized nothing. <laughs> I can get like a Sherry and a Randy and then like paste them together or something, you know? See, that's a good point. That's a very good point. There you go. <laughs> Why don't you? <laughs> On all my stuff, there's just like the little arrow pointing to where you add a letter and there's yeah. an A with an arrow pointing <laughs> yeah, to where go. it needs to be. I feel like Rachel yeah. with an A-E-L has gained more acceptance these days though, hasn't it though? <laughs> I've I've met some more AELs. Yeah, yeah yes. I have. I know I another have, Rachel so. too that with an AEL. Yeah, yep. uh, Rachel happens with to be in the Midwest too. It's like it's like Anne with an E. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. It's, more, yeah, it's classier. Very English, <laughs> Queen Anne. But yeah, to put a fine point on it, she at Grace great risk to herself <laughs> admits this. You know, she's being stupid a little bit. It's like, oh, I, I know who you are. I'm the same way. I'm pretending to be somebody I'm not just to get along, just to make it through this world. So I am interested to see her doing more stupid things also. In a way, because that's tragic. It's like, oh, oh we can maybe start to feel bad for her in some small way, you know, like again, because it's Jadis again. So. Yeah. so, yeah, I mean, who doesn't want a friend? Who doesn't want to be to have somebody to share these feelings with? It's, I don't know, it's when you look beyond the veil of what is happening, this uber survival conversation, I just want a friend. It's, it's kind of cool. I don't know. Anyway, thank you for asking that question. Glad it sparked something. That's good. The more you think about it, the more it's like a virus. It kind of spreads. It's like, oh, she just wants a friend. Oh, <laughs> I want her to right. have a friend before in we, Silas. 
<laughs> you got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. Speaking of smoke show, Leo Bennett. No, that's the gun show. Oh, he is the smoke show and the gun show. <laughs> Joe Joe Holt is he's got the lines too. You're the you're just the roadside assistance that we I needed or like we asked for. <laughs> Uh-huh. I mean, but and he gets the kills. He saves Will uh, at one point. He's just, they're both reloading their weapons. And like Leo's like, bam, bam, bam. And, you know, oh, the serum's about to get a, get the scientists. Ooh, ooh. And bam, bam. And then he goes, gun shows that way. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. Joe Holt. <laughs> well, he's looking for a new girlfriend. He's got to impress somebody. He's impressed me. That's right. I don't know if it worked. <laughs> <laughs> could send this clip to Joe Holt now. Enjoy. <laughs> gonna be uh it's gonna be leo and indira mark your words mm-hmm. that that is a little it. oh it isn't you know, it's not that weird i was like oh it's a little weird with hope and oh elton is not no it's not there it's fine it's totally fine it's kosher i dig it i dig it oh but see now we're now we're never gonna see but i guess it lives on in our minds mm. that's why fanfics are a thing oh speaking mm-hmm. of indira though did you get to see so she uh, so the actress yeah Anna Anna Kaja she actually posted that you and you saw this Sharon D too I think this mm-hmm. little yeah, she, um she really liked my reply yeah I, I saw I saw the hourglass um mm-hmm. she posted a picture of of the hourglass that Indira wears around her neck it's a magnifying glass an hourglass and she asked everybody like and she gave it like a week too she goes uh, can you guess how long this uh, hourglass uh, how much time it contains let's say uh, a week later she says it. it she shows us one second. And I was like, what? And, and Charity said something very funny. But what, what did you say again? It was uh, as long as it takes, as much so as it, it takes to. It was the magnifying glass and the, the timer. Glass. And I said, so she could better see the time she had left. She had left on the show, basically. Oh. <laughs> Essentially. Oh. No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> I meant. I meant Indira could see what time she had left. Yeah. Well, you know, same oh. difference. <laughs> No, but it was funny. Anna was like, "Oh yeah, it's it's hilarious," and it was. Yeah, she she's like, "I really like that answer." I was like, Yee. But I thought I actually kind of just liked. I my mind was a little bit blown. There's something, there's something so interesting about an hourglass that only has a second that only goes that goes by for just a second, and it just says something about the. Then it's not really an hourglass, is it? Yeah. Can you call it an hourglass? It's a second glass. Yeah. But, but <laughs> we think we have so much more time than we really do. Isn't that such like a cool allegory? And for her as a character, as an artist, I'm so artsy-fartsy. So then there you go. Yeah. It always reminds her that there's every moment Indira had could have been her last. I thought that that's kind of cool. I, that's why I liked, I wanted to bring it up because, and now I can link it in the blog. I, you can see it in the blog. They both post together. It's kind of cool. On Huck's watch, you can see Monday the 26th. Two times. Right. And we know that it is 10 years and two months after the fall because it's 10 years after the the fall, because we had Monument Day, and then it's two months because at the beginning they say two months earlier. Mm-hmm. So we know it is a year, uh, ten years and two months. So if you go and you look up Monday the twenty sixth, <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> in twenty eighteen, I love it. In twenty eighteen, um, there are three Monday the twenty sixth. One is February, one is March, and one is November. It's not February because two months earlier in February is December and January, and they're not traveling across country in December and January. And they even make mention on the, the next... show that it would be winter soon, too. Right. So it wasn't quite winter. So it's mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. March, obviously, because that would mm-hmm. be too early. January and February. Same so thing. Monday the 26th of 2018 in November, which would make um, November 
October, September. They would have left in September. In 2019, there's only one, and it's August, which would make them traveling in June and July. And then in 2020, there's only one, and it's October. Yeah. So it would be October, September. So really the only possible choices are, um, I mean, if they said it's going to be winter soon, I would say that it's November. It would be 2018. Yeah, I would, I would bank on that as well. Because yeah. if they left any later, it would have been too late and it would be yeah. too cold. So they, they left in, it's November, September, October. So they, uh, the, the fall was in October of 2008. Which would also fit in with the yearbooks. Yep. Just about. Ooh. Yep. Right. Two thousand eight. Ooh. We've been saying th- because we've been school, saying 2008 for school a would long have gotten out. Now. Yeah, school would have gotten out in you know July of two thousand eight, and then the fall would have been in August. Right. And there's the additional complication mm-hmm. of that year. We shall not speak of. <laughs> the Walking Dead World Beyond even was released about six months too late. Later than they wanted to, right? Because it was supposed to be April of mm. 2020, mm. right? No, uh, sorry. Is that right? Yeah, April 2020. That's right. So basically, it, it pinpoints the fall of humanity as um, August. Right. The night the sky fell. Of two, August of 2008. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, the night right. the sky fell was August of 2008. And if we were playing the odds, because I was even looking for years in 2021 or 2022 even. I was like, oh, Yeah, I've got, the, I've got 2021 too, but the only one in 2021 was July and, and uh, April. July and April, that's And again, right. those, they wouldn't have worked either. Yeah, not quite, no. July, maybe, it's a bit of a stretch though. Too much of a stretch. Well, July, it would have been... It would have been July, June, May. So they would have been leaving in May. And, and yeah, it's, and it's too many early. months. And it wasn't going to be winter soon. If it's May, yeah. it's right. not going to be winter exactly. soon. So 2008. Well, the December, December, I mean, August, August of 2008. Although there is an alternative. It's going to throw a tiny wrench, but I don't think it makes any difference because I believe you. But December of 2022 can make sense. Because two months beforehand, it's like, ah, it's October 2022, 10 years after the fall. But it would be December. 2012, right. And it would be December or, um, where they are right now. And they, that is, they're not in December weather in New York, right? right. I agree. I agree. Right. There'd yeah. be I feel like they're in, because yeah. it feels like uh, fall-ish. Or, yeah. you know what? November. Yeah, just about, because they're out there and they're probably killing walkers. So they're taking off their sweaters and putting around their little kid waists mm-hmm. and stuff. And they're it, not avoiding conflict like Felix told them to. Way back in the first season, avoidance is key. Right. Apparently, it is not the key. And <laughs> in, in, at the end of the weren't they in school before they left? So that would have been August, September, September. Yeah. Well, assuming Starting school mm-hmm. in September. Assuming they adhere to pre-apocalypse mm. rules. Silas? Yeah. Silas starts in August. Yeah. So yeah. You're, okay. Well, I mean, if it's if it was um, November of 2018, November, October, September, so they would have been in school in September. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, they have no school anymore. Mm, that's so sad. I don't know. Just you just think about it, like CRM destroyed really it. Kind of yeah, brings it brings it home a little bit too. I I like that we narrowed may have narrowed it down a bit too, a little bit. I don't know. I got so excited when I when I saw the date on the watch. I got so excited. I was like, oh, I can look stuff up, yay! So, well, but okay, there's there's a couple. So let's let's end with this. What what was the date that you most likely feel is the night the sky fell for them? September of two thousand and eight. September twenty sixth, so, uh, August, right? Be no, August. no, because it, uh, if no, wait, if, November, um, October. In, so, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. In in, in, in uh, twenty eighteen, it's November, so it would be September. 
if if we're going on the 26th is the exact oh that's, you know that's exactly fine. Two I'm, months, I'm okay i'm okay you know but yeah <laughs> but um yeah I'm, I'm gonna say september 2008 because again that fits in with the the yearbook uh, and all yearbooks. the other evidence yeah yeah so mm-hmm. there is there is one tiny wrench the idea that and this is not a big wrench the idea that the fall didn't happen at the same time for everybody that's it's possible but mm. it does. Well, I mean, yeah, that's but not this, even really. A, that's down. not even really a wrench. No, no, no. Yeah, but it, it, but it's kind of like that maybe this, feeling. This yeah. part, yeah. But like with with the whole Negan thing and the radio broadcast going, oh, people are eating people, whatever. And so yeah, but it's good enough because you know it's gonna be vague here and there, and they're never gonna stick to an exact timeline. But I think we got it pretty much. I think we got it. That's good. Well, and we are talking about two completely different parts of the country, so you're absolutely right. Virginia they could versus, have fallen at different yeah. times. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And for yeah. different reasons. Yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm talking about specifically mm-hmm. the night the sky fell. Right, right, it, right, right. As far as World yeah. Beyond goes, yeah, of course. It's so exciting. Yeah. yeah, September of 2018. Yeah, and we are currently in World Beyond terms. We're in uh, November of 20. 2018 rather yeah 2018 yeah 2018 yeah 2008 october september 2008 yes which would put the walking dead at approximately 20 2020 right because they're a little they're like right. two years a year and a half two years ahead of world beyond so they're in 2020 i, I would probably even wager to say because let's let's do the examination right when all the whispers and walkers, and it was the walkers, flew up, fell off the cliff. It felt like fall, right? Uh, Lydia grabs uh, Carol and they huddle together. And it felt like that time period was fall, right? All the leaves on the trees in the general vicinity were like all turning and stuff like that. And when they were in the woods all in the, the aftermath. Exactly. All leaves are brown. <laughs> but by the time, okay, so then we talk about whispers and blah, blah, blah. And then people are starving and they're looking for food. And there's some time that elapses between find me and one more and all that stuff. Doesn't it feel like now we're in kind of like a springtime? So maybe they are a little bit ahead in season 11. Like it's raining, right? The Rosita raining scene. She's not out there with a park. Uh, I feel like they're in the fall. I you think they're I in the fall the still? They were in the fall in, in uh, Walking Dead. Especially when like Maggie was walking across the mall parking lot in in um 1103 when the the reapers are after her and she goes to the mall and she's walking across the mall (sighs) parking lot Uh there's like leaves dead leaves blowing across and it looks really and her and negan are walking through the forest it looks a lot like fall to me it could still be late fall early winter yeah yeah and they're still wearing jackets my my feel yeah hmm so it would be well, probably yeah. two years. Like they're they're almost maybe exactly two years after World Beyond. Could so they're be. in they're in fall of 2020. Well, we kind of know that. We kind of know that for sure. I mean, because of here's Negan, we get the 12 years earlier. Oh thing, right, right. You know, and and then right. we know, and then we yeah. know Monument Day has been 10 years. So that's pretty solid. Wow, that makes me wonder where those kids are now. Oh. Cause then, like, like, maybe we'll see them in the movies, <laughs> and then older too. Cause by the time the movies come out, it, it'll have caught up, sort of. Maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, with their actual age. Oh, so complicated these timelines. It was gonna take. I think they said what eight months to walk to Portland or something like that. When we see them getting to Portland, maybe that is uh, about the time of the Whisper War. Maybe, maybe just mm. before. Like, let's say just before that Whisper War ends. Let's say. Because it seems like it's fall, and if it's summer of that year, let's mm. say, I don't know. Maybe let's it say would, it's a yeah, year before. Yeah, it would be eight months. Or, we we be are kind of screwed on time left. because there's that year again that's unaccounted for, right? Because we are in whatever year we are now, but I don't think they meant for that to happen in like canon 
mm-hmm. real world term. So mm-hmm. we're a year behind technically anyway. So weird. Anyway, I want to kind of hone on Portland though for a second because, okay, what was the CRM's thing? Okay, we need to cull the living, right? Because they're going to be a drain on us. But now with, first of all, the CR not knowing what happened, Portland still thinks they're a partner unless when they get there, they get to tell Portland and then Portland could give the CR a middle finger. And this is not on you to know because we don't, we're not going to know maybe ever. You never know. What do you think happens from this point forward in terms of like, what does Portland do? What is the CR? How does the CR, what does the CR stands towards Portland? Given that, does it change? I hadn't given it thought because we we're not going to know. Right. I mean, well, no, because the one thing that actually, okay, let me explain why I thought of this question, because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, when does the CR ever let up or the CRM ever let up? Like once they have a dog, they're a dog with a bone. And once they have it, they just don't let go. Well, what about now? If the kids happen to get away with the scientists, they could be thinking all sorts of things. Oh, they eventually did make it to Portland. Oh, we don't have an alliance member. They know that Omaha went down. They know Campus Colony went down. For all they know, they know about the the genociding. Okay, so what now? They still don't know. So Portland doesn't know exactly where the CR is. Are the CR is see the CR is, is. right? Yeah, yeah. Portland doesn't right. know where the CR are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's actually technically right, right? No, you're Arr. talking about a, like a is, right? Because it's a but thing. But we have a, we, CR's a right. thing. Right, where the CR city <laughs> is. Huh? Um, yeah. We have a problem, though. We do have a big problem. We could say that Portland knows, and Portland is safe because the CR is like, well, we're going into lockdown. We're going to, they don't know where we are. There's no reason for them to figure it out. Well, we're going to go back to, uh, you know, silent running. Well, we have a problem. All those kids that belong to Portland are still in the CR. So the Portland's not going to let up. Mm-hmm. And especially with the information that they know, they're going to go after them. Am I, so far, are we on the same page? Well, hold on, before we get too far ahead, do we know that there, <laughs> do we know, <laughs> do we know that there are kids from Portland at the CR? We know that they were at the CRRF. I mean, well, they were evacuated. But. Remember? Yeah, they said they, well, I mean, they said mm. they took 10,000 kids out of, um. Yeah. Omaha, they so said. And, they and certainly Portland. didn't. They certainly didn't send all those kids to um, the CR. Yeah, between uh, CRRF. Yeah, between Omaha and Portland, I'm sure they they brought them to the city, right? I mean, or maybe another facility. Who knows? But still, they're with the CR ish. Well, the Omaha and Campus Colony kids. That makes sense that they would end up in CR, but why would they not even the campus colony? Take by the way. kids from Portland. I think I think it's just. I Omaha. don't think they took any from Portland, and they were going to take them from Portland maybe before they wipe out Portland, I, but they never got to that. Mason yeah. had said that they have some kids from Portland, and they, and they never get they never get but to they go. Were at I think the, the kids. But they were at the, the RF. Kids at the research, yeah. They were the, yeah, the smart kids. kids at the research, right? Exactly. Exactly. The yeah. brainy kids go to the RF. The other ones go to CR. Right. Right. So I'm not because there, I'm not there was not ten thousand kids Portland at the kids. Oh no, no, no. But but right. let's let's right. just play the odds. I'm not. What? what where? Yeah. Where are they now? I don't think now? there are Portland kids in the CR. I think Portland kids are still in Portland unless they were gifted in election. Well, wasn't it that didn't yeah. Mason say that that the Portland kids aren't as aren't so lucky to be able to go back? That was the thing. Yeah, because they're at, but they're at yeah. the RF. Well, where are they now? Not the CR. Right. Or do you think they're still at the RF? Oh, is that it? Still at the oh, RF. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever's left of the RF well, anyway. I guess I guess we're splitting hairs a little bit because, okay, right, Portland knows they're with the CR, big conglomerate umbrella CR. So Portland is not going to like that. And, and Portland doesn't know yeah. where the CRRF is. 
the C the CRM deliver them to and fro, or they don't, right? They don't get to visit home. The CR kids get to visit home. The Portland and Omaha kids don't, and now they never will, right? Because they're not going to let them go back. So okay, so right. what? Right. So is Portland now? Portland's the one with the bone. So what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. That makes you think, right? That the job is not yet over. They've been warned, and now they know that they're never going to see their children again. So what can they do? I mean, there's really not much option there would for you them. let that i mean i mean there there's lots of options i mean what wouldn't you do for your children right and they're not like the cr right they're the crm more to the point you know well i mean there's there's a lot you would do for your child however if you don't have your child with you i mean in this situation the best thing to do for your kid is nothing right <laughs> to do what you're told to do to shut up and do what you're told so that your kid who's will stay alive thousands of miles away from you stays alive mm, may, maybe cuz you can't physically protect them it'd be different if my kid were standing behind me and i could kill whatever or behind somebody at else that, that's different <laughs> That's yeah. That's well. No, I wouldn't trust anybody to protect my kid, but right. me. He'd be behind me, and I would be protecting oh, him. But if he's thousands and thousands of miles away, and somebody says, "Do this, or I kill your kid," guess what? I'm doing the thing. Mm. <laughs> but oh, so so you're you're saying that CR won't go silent running. They'll make themselves known, and they'll be vocal about, "Hey, we have your kids. Go fuck yourselves." Is that? Do you think? Is that what you're going to say? Interesting. Well, if you were the CR, wouldn't if you were the CR, wouldn't you want to? approach Portland first instead of a sneak attack from them? Wouldn't you want to know what they know? I don't know. I guess my assumption was, in the, I mean, from all we've seen from them, from even Fear the Walking Dead, that, you know, they, they'd be so, so all silent running. Like, they don't want to be seen or detected. Nobody knows what they are and where their city well, is. Yeah, but, but we've got a little bit of a different situation on our hands now. Now we have a small group of people who do have a buttload of information, and they're on their way to tell everybody. So they're not so secret anymore, besides their location. But all the shenanigans they've been getting up to, these kids are about to go tell them. If I were the CRM... I'd want to get ahead of that and be like, I, I don't know what, but I'd want to get ahead of it. I mean, I'd it. want to get ahead of, with, ahead of it with the kids, but not with the adults, like in Portland. Like, see, with the kids, you can, you can well, like, program them and shit, right? But, like... If you can... Well, I mean, our kids. I mean, our, our, our group of kids that are on their way to oh, Portland to okay. tell everybody. You're saying... Okay, so what you're saying is the CRM would tell Portland, hey, these kids are coming, watch out for them, right? Is that what you're saying? Well, they... Okay, CRM has some options. If, if I'm CRM... I'm still looking for for the for Iris and her little mm-hmm. gang, yeah. right? I'm still looking for her because I want to kill her. <laughs> I want to kill the people with with this information that could take down what I've built, right. right? But if they make it all the way to Portland and give Portland this information, the CR is going to have to they're going to have they're going to have to do something. Right. Are they going to try and convince Portland that these kids are crazy and that they don't know what they're talking about, or do they do they admit it and say, you know what? Yep, but guess what? We got your kids, so not really shit you can do about right. it. Well, and they have the VOTUS documents too. They have all the research. They, mm-hmm. So, I mean, why wouldn't they believe the kids? The, and this is why I say, I think it, it's in the CR's, CRM's best interest to go just silent. Fuck it. Make, make them think whatever they're going to think. They can't do anything about it anyway. Because they, they can't find, find them. them. Exactly. Is that what you're saying? Because they can't there's find no, them. There's nothing in the world yeah. they can say to convince Portland at this point, now that the cat's out of the bag and running to Portland namely the kids, <laughs> with the evidence that they yeah. need to convince them. So it's like, no, just clamp, just like, it's like, uh, you know, what they call Teflon Don, uh, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan, Teflon Don, right? Or Teflon Ron, <laughs> you know, like he, every, yeah. every time we somebody also- has something shitty to say about him, you'd be like, next question. <laughs> CRM. It's like we don't know how advanced Portland is either. Mm. Like they might have maybe they have vehicles. So if they had 
access to vehicles. Now, I don't think they have helicopters. I think the CRM takes all of those for themselves. <laughs> but we they don't might know. have yeah. some, they might have some, yeah, they might have some land vehicles, in which case they could just start searching. I mean, what else have they got to lose? Right. They, and they can start from, like, let's say they find their way across the states to New York State, mm-hmm. right? And then you, then you yep. think, how far is the CRM gonna allow, or the CR gonna have, gonna allow a research facility like theirs to be far away from their home city? Exactly. Is it likely? So they've got a starting right, point. Right, right. So, I mean, I would search for evidence there. I would see whatever they didn't burn up <laughs> in burning down the CRF, mm-hmm. right? I would go to all the places they've mm-hmm. ever been, the perimeter colony, whatever, whatever, just to try to get whatever they can on where these kids might be. But the point being is Portland is not gonna not do anything in light of the fact that the CRM goes radio silent, right? They're gonna look for their babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just interesting. <laughs> it's just interesting to think about because it's an element now. The Portland's not going to let this go. And this has got to be an element that comes up in whatever movie or Tales of the Walking Dead or whatever. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this because the series is over. It's something to keep your eye on, guys. The series <laughs> is over. <laughs> hey, does it mean that, does it mean we're not going to see, you know, The Walking Dead, Portland? <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll be the fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> wrath wrath of portland right <laughs> yeah wrath of portland i love it that's yes. a star trek reference no, they're gonna make t the walking dead the army <laughs> <laughs> they got enough of them now right. <laughs> yeah. elton and virginia alicia. and alicia, alicia and aaron they aaron. can all get together <laughs> The one arm army. Yep. Right. The one arm. Yep. The one, the one arm army. Manny. The one army. <laughs> what is Isn't that like a saying, right? Like, doesn't the military or the army say that? All for one? Or what was the thing? What was the saying? Army of one? No. That's the, th- that's the three army musketeers. Army of one. All for one no. and one for all. <laughs> arm, arm for one and one for all. Oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, lay down your arm oh my gosh (laughs) come out with your hand up it gets better the more I say things please save your applause to the end oh wait (laughs) that's the sound of one hand clapping do a high four now we're being I think we're being offensive now right no are we dipping into uh, we we better stop. I think we, we did that, that a while ago. I, I feel it approaching. I think we did it. Yeah, we did it already. Oh, you mean when we were talking about eating children? Yes, we've crossed that. Oh, line. that was a couple years ago. <laughs> eh, we're in canceled territory. We're in canceled country, people. <laughs> Welcome. Here's yep. the visitors bureau, Sharon D. <laughs> anyway, whatever. <laughs> if anything, I'm the president. Okay, <laughs> the prime minister. Oh, have you met my chief of, chief of staff? Rachel with an A. Cheese of staff. Cheese of staff. My chefs of staff. I'll be damned if this doesn't stay in. I mean, we're going to get canceled for being ableist. But, well, it was oh worth it. Gosh. It was worth it. Oh, my goodness. Cheese <laughs> of staff. Cheese of staff. Cheese of staff. Cheese this Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> you know, at the beginning of this episode, we were crying because this this show was ending, and now we're crying from laughter. It's Elton's monologue at the end. The more I listen to it, the m- more it gets me every single time. 
every single mm-hmm. time. Like, mm-hmm. it, and I've only watched this show like three times, this episode. And I just like, oh, am I going to be able to watch this a fourth time without sobbing? It's so good. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I love how like Hope tees it up by like saying, oh, did you know? Helton's writing a book. <laughs> no, I didn't <laughs> know. And then you have an excerpt from the book, right? At the end. <laughs> and <laughs> did you know? No, we, what? Hope he's dictating it. <laughs> <laughs> this is new to us. I, but there's one thing I wanted to say. Because you can watch it yourself. It is pretty fucking cool. And honestly, this really goes to the tweet that I, that I had mentioned, that I would said, this tweet thread that I would written, written about what the show is about. It is a story that has a beginning, middle, and end. But what Elton is saying is like, it really isn't about the beginning or the end. It's about the string of nows, the, st- the string of presence, these little moments that you get uh, that define your life. What is a life? And I really like that. And it's such a greater allegory for for us as people in the world, right? But there's this thing at the end. And he says, that's a life and that's everything. You know, because of because of all those moments put together, that's a life, that's everything. And then it brings you back to the pl- to where they are as kids before they leave on this great journey again. Like you start the episode that way and you end the episode that way at the beginning, who we were. And then I feel like what he says as he's opening the door as Elton from the past is the line that naturally comes after, and that's everything. He says, so let's let's see who we really are, shall we? Mm. Isn't that sweet? So mm-hmm. let, let me say that in, in concert. Okay, so he says, and we make a small mark in this world or we change it entirely. It's really about those little pieces of now that get us there. Those small steps that move us forward, keep us growing and evolving. Because all of those moments put together, that's a life and that's everything. So let's see who we are, shall we? Right? Doesn't that flow really well? Yeah. And with that, everybody, Thank you. Oh, shit, I can't do it. Oh. <laughs> That's really, it's really tough. <laughs> Fuck. Wow, I didn't think it would hit me this hard. I told you, though, I told you it would, though. If you like what you heard, rate us, rate this podcast. Yeah, rate this podcast. On, I have to, I got to write this shit down because I can't do it like you do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if you like what you heard, <laughs> rate this podcast at ratethispodcast.com slash squawking dead. Five stars in an Elton. I mean, sorry, five stars in an eggplant. <laughs> Wait, I thought Newton had the eggplant. <laughs> Golf. Class. There we go. <laughs> Five stars in Newton Deckplant is all we need to know that you love us. I mean, really love us. Gonzo. And if you really, really <laughs> like what you heard. I mean, again, rate this podcast.com slash squawking dead. Oh Tell us gosh. after every episode. Give us that big eggplant after every episode. Because it matters. What does he say? Big eggplant. He says, I'll show you yours. He showed me mine. No, it's not what he says. <laughs> <laughs> You've got yours, and I've got mine. Well, tell us what you've got after every episode. Uh, And if you really, really enjoy us crying at the end of some episodes, and you really want to be a part of this family that cries at the end of episodes, series endings, please consider following us at ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead so that you know when we record so that you can join us. You can get these unedited episode recordings early before we get to edit them. And the more I think about it, the more, the sweeter it is and the the sweeter our journey is. It, it's bittersweet, but, it, but is it bitter? 
life moves on. Life continues on. So with that, everybody, thank you for joining us on this wild-ass journey. I've been your host, David Cameo. I was joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Burt, and Charity, a.k.a. Blazy Gardner. Goodbye for now. Actually, let's say it right. Elton says to Silas at the uh, just before he, the last time he sees him again. Oh, no. No, 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 no. He no, says, no. see you later, Silas. Uh, Bye for now. Say goodbye, Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs>
Uh, it's a means of supporting us, that's for sure, and a means for getting perks for supporting us and being part of this family. But more than anything else, if you just follow, there is a Whopper tier, by the way, that for as little as a dollar, uh, you can get, uh, you can join us in the episode breakdowns in the chat, uh, as well as download or stream the unedited episode recordings. Uh, but when you just follow, you don't have to join a membership tier or tip us. If you just follow, no money involved at all. You'll know when we do these things and you'll have the inside track and it means you're part of the family. That's right. When you just follow, you're part of the family yeah, or you're, you're applying, you're in training <laughs> for being part of the family. When you join the walkers here for as little as a dollar a month, you get to be on the inside track of knowing when things come out. Most of the posts are going to be unlocked for you. Uh, it really, it's the baseline. Um, all membership tiers have access to our discord server where we chat about the episodes, our lives, um, where we went right, where we went wrong, <laughs> uh, schmoozing, uh, talking about behind the scenes stuff, things that we plan on rolling out, ideas that we have, uh, concerns that we have, uh, upcoming live streams, conventions, uh, behind the scenes photos, anything that you think of. Yeah, just think about it. Think about just at least following us on ko-fi.com slash dead. And then when you feel like it, you can tip us, get 30 days of access or join a membership tier for as little as a dollar. Think about the higher up tiers. You get 50% off the merch store if you join at least the Whispers tier. And uh, we can make that happen for you. I unveiled some, I showed uh, the audience some of that on the YouTube stream tonight, uh, the premiere. So if you're interested in taking a look at what I, what one of our new art t-shirts, art designs, uh, the logo, our season 10 logo, re reimagined, um, you can watch the YouTube video of this episode and see the beginning, and you can see a uh, it's in the it's in the first five minutes the uh, the one of the T-shirts. But anyway, thank you so much for being here. We love you so much, and I really do hope we see those kids again. We see these characters again on the greater TWD universe. I've been your host David Cameo, and I was joined by Cosmo Mom Zero Nine, Rachel Burt, and Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardener. Take care, everybody. We'll see you very soon.